This is On the Edgecombe Podcast. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of On the Edgecombe, a podcast developed by a team of graduate students from the University of North Carolina Gillings School of Global Public Health in partnership with Rural Opportunity Institute. Through short audio segments, this podcast aims to elevate community voices in Edgecombe County, North Carolina, to spread awareness of stress and trauma in law enforcement and the possible ways to address them in and with the community. My name is Allie Rothschild, and today we have with us Vici and Seth. They're the co-founders of ROI, or Rural Opportunity Institute, which was founded back in 2017 to build a trauma-informed, resilience-focused rural eastern North Carolina. Vici and Seth, would you introduce yourselves, please? Hey, I'm Vici. Hey, I'm Seth. Thanks so much for having us today. Well, welcome, and thank you both so much for being here. Can you start us off by describing trauma and adverse childhood experiences or ACEs? When we first started doing this work, our first introduction to trauma and kind of this entire world was the ACE study. And in that study, they found that there was 10 events that when they occurred in childhood were correlated with a whole host of challenges across health, education, employment, income. And those 10 things were called adverse childhood experiences or ACEs. And so originally we were focused on that, but the field has evolved a lot, and then in our own community work, have come to find that it doesn't really have to be just those 10 forms of abuse or neglect. There's just a lot of stuff that can cause a level of trauma or any of those things that kind of shift your body into a state of unmanageable or prolonged stress is now the type of thing that we talk about as trauma and try to think about ways that we can support people to heal from that. Right. Why do you feel this is the area you want to be working in, and why is this so important to address? On a personal level, it has just been a lens that helps me understand myself and my body and my mind in a way I never have before. It helps me understand the people around me, whether that's family members or friends or coworkers, specifically just understanding that when we experience stressful or hard things and we experience that persistently, like that energy gets stored in our body. That's influencing how our body operates, how our mind operates. And often trauma is a root cause of many other things. So like in a hospital setting, you might see people with chest pain or digestion issues. They run all the tests. They can't find a physical cause, like the root cause is stress or anxiety that's been unaddressed. In a school setting, you might see a student acting up being really amped up with a lot of energy, or you might see a kid being really shut down and disengaged. And both of those underneath that, like the root cause could be overload of stress. So I know you went through a few processes, including interviewing community members. How did that inform the direction that ROI decided to take? The stories that came up during these interviews were stories of trauma and stories of ACEs and stories of stress. And so that really focused us as an organization on trauma. And then we shared that out with different agencies in the community, schools, pastors and churches, health department, law enforcement, Department of Social Services. It really resonated or landed with those agencies. Right. And it sounds like what you're saying is that this is common across everyone, any group, any profession, any age. Can you talk a little more about that? 
the original ACES study was done with a population that was 70% had a four-year bachelor's college degree and 70% white, and they've replicated it across many different backgrounds and communities. And the findings are really consistent that like trauma is a human experience that has been happening literally for the beginning of time, like, and it's transferred across generations and that energy gets stored in our body. And a pastor we work with locally has said a quote that trauma is ubiquitous or everywhere. It's just some communities have more resources to like cover it up or hide it. Um, so in like a lower resourced area, you might see the manifestations of trauma more clearly or visibly, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening across like all income backgrounds. And like the hopeful side of that story is like human bodies are wired for healing and connection. And we just have to get the resources in place or the conditions in place to like allow our bodies to heal and connect with others. I want to shift the focus a little bit to talking about ROI. How has ROI worked to address ACEs and trauma? Seth kind of alluded a little bit to when we first got here. One of the first things we did was a pretty intense sort of interview design process with community members and heard pretty consistently across a lot of spaces that trauma was a challenge that everyone was seeing, but maybe we were seeing it differently or calling it different things. You know, the schools might call it behavior challenges with students. Law enforcement might call it like higher crime rates or more domestic disturbances or even more stress among themselves. The hospitals might say like, we're seeing a lot of these disorders based on anxiety or physical challenges based on anxiety, but at the end of the day, all of it is trauma. So found that to be very unifying, but what was more difficult was to then look at something that complicated and say like, where do we start and how do we begin to address it? And so did a bunch of workshops with a lot of different community stakeholders to build this shared map that explains how do different people interact with trauma and different agencies across our community. And so it was awesome. We had uh, people from the sheriff's office, social services, schools, health, employers, a number of parents and community members all get together and look at this map together and say, these are the places where we think there's the most energy for change. And we want you ROI to help us understand what are the nationwide best practices in each of these areas. So through these workshops and interviews, what did you find the community wanted to really focus on and work towards? strategy people identified was they wanted to see increased knowledge and awareness about trauma. And so things like training or awareness building in different spaces, they wanted to see practices that would help agencies shift away from being punitive and instead respond with restorative and healing practices when people are showing up with manifestations of trauma. And then they wanted to see people who are in the process of healing or working through trauma to be supported to remain connected to pathways of school and work. Can you discuss why it's important to address ACEs and trauma specifically in law enforcement and even more specifically for law enforcement in Edgecombe County? Why are we focusing on them in particular? This work have like continued to get a deep appreciation and respect for how challenging and hard the job of being in our community, a police officer or an officer of the sheriff's department is. There's a ton of really important vital agencies that serve kids and families. And most of those agencies have a time that they're open and closed and like a time that kids get sent home somewhere. And like the law enforcement is the last stop. They are accountable 24 seven, 365 days of the year to provide safety and care across every imaginable situation from really horrific, traumatic, hard things to mundane things. I mean, when you get a call as a law enforcement agency, there's nowhere else to route that call. Like you are the first line of response. 
And as a result, that means that it is really normal, whether you're in Edgecombe or anywhere else in the world, that if your job is to respond to the front lines day in and day out, you are going to have, they call it vicarious trauma or secondary trauma, like showing up to a crime scene where a horrific crime has been committed or intervening in a domestic situation where there's violence or abuse. Your body is going to respond and take on subconsciously some of that energy and some of that trauma. And there's nothing wrong with you. It's not a strength and weakness thing. It's human biology. And that adds up over time. And like just for all people, but especially law enforcement, ROI wants to support people to be at their best. And we can't fully be at our best if we're having things that are making us highly reactive. Like it's really normal to be overreactive or get shut down. Like those are the two normal responses of our body to try to keep us safe. So I know that ROI has provided a basic awareness building training and also a more tailored two-day training to countless people in the community, but that there have been some struggles getting law enforcement officers to attend. What are some of the challenges you think that law enforcement officers have in attending these resilience programs and trainings that are available in the community? It's important for us to provide support for officers because they do such an important job. It's a hard to reach audience because they are so accountable to the front lines that they need to go wherever the calls are. And so often there's not like a clear predictable place or time to engage with them. Law enforcement agents have really unique needs and in a very unfair way, law enforcement agencies have been totally underinvested in, especially on mental health or self-care. To be at our best, we have to have positive mental health practices and positive self-care. ROI is seeking to connect with law enforcement officers to provide support to get some of these trainings and tools around how we can manage our body and manage this stress and help build on the innate resilience that already exists within us. So we're going to be referencing these tools called rapid reset strategies in our upcoming episodes, but can you just quickly provide a description of what they are and an example of one? Rapid reset strategies are really cool. So as I said, one of the areas the community really wanted to see work done around was just more knowledge and resources. What is trauma? How does it show up in our bodies? How do we respond? And so we have been partnering with an organization called Resources for Resilience, and they conduct trauma-informed trainings across the state, and they provide a series of tools that help you understand how you can sense in your own body when you are calm and relaxed, or they call it when you're in your resilient zone, and when you might be experiencing a lot of stress and your body might be either amped up or shut down. And then they teach these tools, and one of them is a set of strategies called rapid resets that can help you to notice that and then actually bring your body back. A lot of times when you're really amped up or stressed, you'll notice things in your body like tightness in your chest or sweating or like a rapid heart rate. And then when you sense those things, there are these simple little tricks or tools you can try to bring yourself back. And those are all called rapid resets, but some of them are like looking around the room and noticing how many things you can find of a certain color. And just the act of focusing on the room and scanning around it can cue your nervous system that actually you're safe. The basic idea is like in the moment when you notice that you're amped up or when you notice that you're shutting down or dissociating, there are some ways that you can reconnect with your body and sort of use some of those tools to bring yourself back into focusing on safety in the present moment. Do you two ever use these? Every day. One of the pieces of language used in the training is called speaking safety to your nervous system. And like, you can't rationally think your way 
into being calm or think your way into safety. Your nervous system responds to sensations or to physical touch or to temperature. And so all those different tools sound very basic because they are, but it's cueing to your nervous system that you're safe. So I mean, I use them in work, in personal life, whenever I'm aware that I'm getting amped up or shut down. I just wanted to make mention, the curriculum is called Reconnect for Resilience. So there's a lot of trainings happening in our community um, and would love to have any officers who could come to these trainings. The website is ruralopportunity.org slash training. We've had officers from both the police department and sheriff come in the past, and it teaches you all these different skills over two days. Well, that's it for our first episode. We want to thank Vici and Seth of ROI for joining us, and thank you for listening to On the Edgecombe podcast. In our next episode, Matthew Johnson of the Edgecombe County Sheriff's Office discusses his experiences with trauma and how he shows up for himself and others around him. We hope you tune in.